Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Revolution. I've been looking for this all day. It's right there on the bookshelf. Ah, good morning. Um, so, getting ready for our afternoon, I guess. Yeah, good afternoon or good evening, depending on where your region is. Um, it's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, North. No, I don't know. Wherever I'm at, it's 11 a.m. It's 11 a.m. somewhere. Um, yeah, so sorry about last week. A lot of you may know I suffer from depression. Um, I actually suffer from something called double depression, which is really weird, and it doesn't seem real. And I've actually had a lot of people like, oh, <laughs> double depression. And... Um, it's real. It's real, actually. Um, you can Google it. That's the only way I knew it was. That the psychiatrist told me, and then that I Googled it. So I figured if it's a psychiatrist and it's Googleable, Googleable, then it must be a real problem. But anyhow, um, I take medication at night. Uh, I have for years. I've, I've used to be on tons of medication. Finally, got down to one medication, and I take it at night. And my, uh, my analyst, I mean, my analyst, my doctor's office that I went to because I wasn't getting it through Sizer's, decided not to refill my prescription without giving me a heads up. And so I had to, like, argue with the doctor's office and do all this. I didn't have a medication. It was really a rough two days because the withdrawals start right away. So it's like one of these things where it's like, in a few days, I'm going to be crazy. It was like, I'm feeling crazy right now, you know? And, uh, you know, you get a lot of zaps, feel a lot of the zaps. If anybody's ever had withdrawals and like, kind of like a cartoon character getting banged in the head with a uh, frying pan, like, you know, a lot of that vibe. Um, so we got it fixed, kind of. Got a new doctor, but I can't see him until next year because insurance in this country is insane. So I have to go back to my old doctor, back into my old neighborhood, and have a conversation with them. So that's what we're gonna do. Anyway, so that's what I, that's the long explanation of uh, why why we had no service last week and I was gonna move it and I thought I could move it because I thought I'd get the medication thing taken care of right away and it took like three days to get taken care of. So I just said, oh, well. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll pick it up this week. Oh, forgive me. It's my son's birthday. Well, his birthday was on Friday, but today's his party. So right after this, I'm driving to go pick up a cake and then go over to his mom's house uh, for his eighth birthday. But we had a, we had a little family party on Friday and um, that was great. And then yesterday, what did we do yesterday? Well, I got him a metal detector. So we went out metal detecting, um, which is really kind of a funny thing to do. Um, I never really thought about it, but we did it and it was fun and really hot. And then it was so hot, we went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon movie, which was really awesome. Uh, I really recommend that. And then today we're having the party with like all the kids and all the craziness and all the family and all that stuff. So that's today. Oh, there you go. Um, there's your intro. But one of the things, um, so I'm, as usual, I rewrite my talks over and over again and rethink them and often it really works. Um, but today is, is uh, and I, I think it's kind of just reflecting on the whole ordeal of dealing with life on life's terms, you know, dealing with <laughs> when, when, when the medical 
industry and pharmaceutical industry and all, you know, down to the pharmacists and all these people have such control over who we are and, and things like that. Um, it kind of made me start thinking about that as well as like finances and how we move forward and vision and, and all these type of things. And, and so I, I was challenging myself, I was like, could you, you know, like I'm always honest. I feel like I try to be as honest as possible with these talks, but I was like, okay, so I really want to challenge myself, you know, to just like be, be super honest about where you're at right now. Um, I, I've got one. See how I got this gray right here? And then the beard is almost completely black. It's because I was dying my beard, but I had a complaint to eBay. <laughs> and I got on the complaint line number for them to call me. And they called me when I was doing it and I wasn't finished. And so, boom. All right. So there's confession number one. That's, that's getting real, folks. Vanity is real. And also, I don't want to look like my dad. You guys would turn this on and you think, oh, there's Jim. Um... And then, you know, you might not like that. So I wanted to try to stay Jake and not Jim. He stole the beard from me, by the way, and gave me the baldness. Um, but, you know, it's hard sometimes in this world, in this society, where we're hit with news all the time, where we're hitting with all this, like, propaganda. I mean, you know got a guy running for office who's like got all this you know no matter what your opinion is on that person who's had like 91 counts against them and there's still I mean like when I was a kid like if you if you had an affair or if you did something just slightly wrong you dropped out because you just you know that's what you did and now it's like no hold bar politics is it's a strange thing you know and, and then you see like the fires in Hawaii, and then you see like these like companies coming in and being like, oh, let us buy the land from you and let's turn it into another location for, you know, let's, let's, let's kick you, you know, give you, now you have no place to live, let's double it and let's make more, you know, profit off of this stuff. So you kind of get, you start to feel hopeless, I think. A lot of us feel hopeless. You know, and, and you, like I was saying, like, you know, here I am, I have insurance for this year. I had to get a new doctor and I won't see them till next year. So I will literally have to be re-upping my insurance and hopefully be the same insurance because I go, I do a sliding scale insurance thing that's covered so I can have the appointment. You know what I mean? It's like, but I'm paying really to just, now I have to go back to an old doctor. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just this, this, this constant, like, playing these games. I was watching this woman who, uh, this, this woman who was given a talk, uh, just talking online about like, you know, when does it end? When, when, when does it end? When does like battling to, to pay rent and battling to pay your insurance and battling to pay your medical bills and battling, you know, like to pay the bills that aren't covered by that. Like, cause you gotta have eye, you gotta have teeth, you gotta have this, you gotta have car, you gotta have house. You gotta, I had to have renters for my apartment here, you know, as part of the deal. Um, groceries, you know, are up like three times, you know, I mean, it feels like it's like for me to get just a couple weeks of groceries, it's like 300 bucks or not that much, but like 200 bucks, you know, and it's just like gas and blah, blah, blah. And it's when is enough is enough. You know what I mean? And then you turn on the news and stuff and you see people are fighting about like identity politics and, um, like, the president's got another count against them. It's like, you know what? I, I don't really give a shit about that anymore. Like really what I would like to see is uh, as human beings is, is how can we live together as human beings and survive? You know, how can we pay for our lives and not be completely on survival mode constantly that's causing us all to have so much anxiety and so much stress? How do we, you know, you know how do we do that? And I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer for you. People will vote, but you know, like, I'm in this process right now and there's a Democrat in office. You know what I mean? I don't feel like a Republican's gonna make it better. Don't feel like a Democrat's gonna make it better. 
you know, I want to vote third party and then people are like, oh, you're throwing your vote away. But I love Cornell West. I've studied Cornell West. I've sat in a lot of classes with Cornell West. He's an amazing speaker and teacher. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. The world seems a little bit crazy. Like, you know, when like you have people talking about aliens existing and we're all sitting here going like, um, it's a shirt, but thank you. Um, you got people going like, oh, aliens exist, you know, and we all just don't care because we just were like, yeah, it would be great. Aliens exist, but we would just be able to have an affordable wage. Like we would just like to be able to like pay rent. That's not like insane, you know, like I, I don't have enough credit for a house so I can rent, but my rent is going to be twice as much if I had a house. You know, I mean, it's like the, ins the insanity of the system, you know. And then the apologists for the system, is, the people who are like the apologists for that system is insane. It's a broken system. It's broken. The Democrats are broken. The Republicans are broken, you know, and they're all, you know, pay just if you pay attention, it's, 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 it's a sad place. So how does religion fit into this? How do we do this as a community? I, I, I don't know sometimes. So I'm feeling very weary, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling really weary lately. Um, especially this past week, I think the medication thing was like, do I want to stay on this medication? And, you know, because do I want to be dependent on something like this? Um, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I had a really dark, like I went to some really dark places mentally and, uh, it's really, it's tough. You know, because I came up, I gave up psychoanalysis so I could move and be closer to my kids, but I couldn't have pay one bill and, and, not, and both. It just wasn't an option. And I just feel like the system is seems to be pushing us all to a breaking point. You know, and, and it's like we have the have and have nots. You know, because it's weird. Like sometimes, because I, I like, I like fashion. You know, and yeah, I follow some of these blogs on, believe it or not, and I follow some of these blogs on Instagram and stuff, and then you see like this guy's like, oh, and the so-and-so made this $1 million purse, you know, and you're going like, what? Like, are you completely out of touch with the world? Like, you're making a purse that's a million bucks, Gucci, you know, and you're doing all this crazy shit and you're just throwing money, and we're all just like, you know, holding on, trying to survive, and it's just, the hypocrisy in it is insane. You know, uh, the, the, the gap that's building it. And I think this is one of the reasons why we talk about arguing well and disagreeing well and having these conversations, because I think there might need to be a reality dose to some of these folks who are higher up and run these corporations and these companies of saying like, hey, we need to talk because no, we're not surviving down here, you know. And, and down here is becoming more and more like you're down here with the rest of us. It's, it's like 80% of us, you know, or 60% of us, whatever, you know, it's like the, but they're, but it's not like, you know, the middle class is hurting and scared and freaked out. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, people are struggling everywhere. Um, I took my kids to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yesterday and I was like, oh, okay. Three tickets, you know, three tickets. And it was like. 45 bucks, you know, and it was like, that's not the best way we can spend our money, but I don't have AC at home. And, you know, you just do stuff like that. You live that. And, I, and I'm not trying to complain just so I'm complaining. What I'm trying to do here is say, if you're going through this and you're feeling this every day, you're not alone, you know? And if you're trying to be like, where is God in all of this? You're not alone. And if you're trying to say like, where are my friends? Where are the people I could count on? Where's my community and all this? And that you don't feel like they're showing up, you know, you're not alone. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, like, a lot of us are in that place, you know? It reminds me of that song, I'm Busted, and Johnny Cash was like, and I was just thinking about, he talks about, I called up my cousin, and my cousin said, I was just thinking about calling on you because I'm busted. Like, everybody's busted, you know? And um, so there's that. That's, that, 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 you know, in the future, this work and what we're doing here is a worry. Anyway, I'm going to try to not live there, but I, I just thought it would, it, it's a good thing for us to be honest with each other. You know, I, I had a few of you reach out to me and say that you appreciated me being honest about my mental health and 
why I wasn't able to do service and talking about that stuff. And, uh, and I figure that's important to do, continue to do, to be transparent, to be honest with all of you. And, uh, you know, you know, and being like being a, a pastor or a speaker or a religious person, you know, as a as you know, I mean, I've been doing this next year will be thirty years, which is really bizarre. Um, you know, you start to feel like a relic. You know, <laughs> like you're like, you know, you don't really can't really be successful unless you're talking about certain things, unless you're fighting certain fights. You know. Um, and uh, it feels weird. Um, so I want to I want to read a quote from the Abbott brothers. Uh, it's a song called um, "The Weight of Lies," and it goes, "I once heard there was a th- the worst thing a man can do is draw a hungry is draw a hungry crowd and tell everyone his name, pride, and confidence, but leaving out his doubts." And so this idea of going and, and selling something that's not real, you know, selling, you know, this, oh, God did this in my life and on that in my life and on that in my life. You know, it's like, you know, not mentioning the doubts, not mentioning the insecurities, not mentioning the addictions, not mentioning the mental health issues, not mentioning the marriage problems, not mentioning what it's like to, you know, raise your kids or if you're wealthy, not raising your kids and having too many people raise your kids for you. Like I was raised by so many different people growing up, you know, but, but this idea of, of having it all together. And I think we saw that a lot in the evangelical church growing, I did at least in the church of, you know, this, this idea that, that Christianity, that God was going to answer all your problems and you're going to be taken care of and that you could make it and all this kind of stuff. And I don't think there's a lack of faith of all of us going like, well, now it's starting to feel like we can't make it. You know, it's starting to feel like this, 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 this last leg is getting a little bit tougher to push forward on. It's, it's getting a little bit harder to, 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 to live. Um, it's getting a little harder to love my neighbor. Um, it's getting a little bit harder to, it's really getting hard and struggling to love my enemy. Um, you know, it's really faith and, you know, feels empty. You know, you know, there's times where we feel forsaken because these are real issues, you know, no one wants to live a life of just surviving because you don't live life, you know, I remember hearing Pete Rollins say, you know, somebody asked him if he believed in life after death, and he said, I believe in life before death, you know. But there is no life before death if we're all stuck in this, like, survival mode of, of how do we do it. It's tough. Um, but that, that Avett Brothers also made me think of uh, Luke, the chapter in Luke. I think it's Luke eleven forty seven. Oh yeah, and it goes uh, Luke eleven forty seven. Says uh, one of the law the lawyers answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And Jesus said, Woe also to you lawyers, for you load people with burdens so hard to bear, and you yourself do not lift a finger to ease them. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets from whom your ancestors killed. You know, but this idea of like you you create these burdens that you don't even have to deal with yourself, and you're like, Oh, you do, you better pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you better, you know, get your, you know. And and I see a lot of this today in politics. I see a lot of this today in the world of this idea of like, you know, oh, you know, scapegoating. And even and what the weird thing is is that it's often the poor themselves are saying like, oh yeah, we don't need that and get rid of that help and get rid of that and we don't need all these people taking advantage of, you know of uh, government assistance and things like that. And, and it's often people who need government assistance who are being told that, you know, it, it's, it's like when, when the opioid crisis happened, 
they blamed the addicts and the abusers, you know, I'm sorry, they blamed the addicts and the abusers for, 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 you know, and you're like, oh yeah, those addicts, you know, oh yeah, they're a mess, you know, well, they're a mess because they're on your product. <laughs> but this idea of not helping others, now I always looked at this as kind of legalism and legalism in the church of where people were like, well, you've got to be a good Christian, you've got to do that, you know, and, and then impossible standards that no one can meet. But I think we see this in society quite a bit as this like impossible standard. And I think one of the reasons why identity politics uh, is so, is really a weapon against all of us in humanity at this point is because it does hurt groups of people, but it also stops the conversation happening for the majority of people who are dealing with poverty and people who are struggling to get, make ends meet. You know, so that that's also a very interesting thing as well. Um, sorry, I gotta tell me I have a voicemail. I get it. Um, you know, so so you see the government go, oh, we gotta do this. You know, you know, you know. It's easy for 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 politicians who have great health insurance plans to tell us like, well, we think you should pick your own. You know, we think you should. <laughs> it's like, Oh, because you don't know what it's like to be sick and be afraid you're going to go bankrupt. Um, and so they give us these burdens that they themselves don't carry. And I think that this is why the time to argue, and that the part of arguing well, the arguing part comes in, the time to speak up loudly and say, we want to do this, but we want to do it well. We want to do it nonviolently, but we need to be having these conversations of everything that the, this, the system is falling apart. People's lives are falling apart. There's a reason they get addicted to some of these drugs and things, because there's no hope, because they're just trying to survive. Like all they can do to numb their, that pain of the, the survival cycle that continues to happen is maybe try numbing it with medication or numbing it with these different things. So society is really in a place where we're not having these conversations and what it would be great and great to see and, and why I try to talk about bringing right and left people together is that if we came together as human beings and saw that, okay, this is the underlying struggle that they're trying to get us to ignore by continuous to have us fight over these, 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 these other things, you know, why they all get rich because they could give a shit of, you know, about the rainbow flag up or down or about black lives or this or that, you know, it's not, that's not what they're thinking. You know what I mean? That's not what the majority of these folks are thinking. What they're thinking is, is like, look where their money's invested. You know, what are they invested in? Who do they, are they invested in weapons product? Well, they're pro-war. Oh, we should be pro-war too, because, oh, oh, but where is, where, you know, remember the whole thing of follow the money? And so it seems like we get, you know, built with propaganda that only really helped a few. And a majority of people are really suffering. I feel like a very, very liberal person today giving this talk. Um, but that's not the point. There's another verse in Matthew. Um, Matthew 23, 4. And it says, they tie, and it's the same thing. It's Jesus saying the same. They tie, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on your shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. And I think we see this, it's kind of a way of scapegoating and saying like, well, they're not doing what they should do, but it's like, but you, but you don't have any idea what it is, these burdens feel like. You know, you don't, you're not carrying the same burden as I am. You can't share in my suffering because you have no clue what the suffering is like, you know? So it, it, it's like, uh, there's certain mental health issues where I've sat down and then people struggle with it. I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, I don't like, oh, I, that doesn't make, does, I, I'm like, can, can you try to explain it to me? Can we try to talk about it? You know, but I'm always like, you should probably, you really need to see somebody professionally because I, 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 I'm having a hard time empathizing because there's just, I don't really know where that is. I do my best to empathize, but you know. But when you start to have people who just lack all empathy for the other, 
and for for this for for the community and it, it, then we have a big problem then we've got to really start to have hard conversations and tough conversations to work these things out and uh, it, it's still amazing to me that a lot of these people like these these verses I've used I remember using these when I would I remember using this and talking about Mark Driscoll years ago and um, probably 15 years ago you know, but what's amazing to me is like guys like them are still like a hundred times more successful than what people like me do. Like what, like this type of ministry, like this, whatever revolution is, you know, like guys like that are still like selling those impossible standards and people buy into it. We like to buy into the illusion, you know, or the delusion, you know, and, and, and support it. And, and then it breaks us, you know, and for all of us, some of us just live in that, that, that life and so what I want to encourage you to do is share with others that you're hurting share with others that you're struggling tell your friends and listen to others when they're struggling if you can help help if you can't help you know at least you can help by listening you can say encouraging words you know there's a lack of empathy that happens and a lack of sympathy for each other and we become really like these tough people and we forget like we're all struggling to go through this and like I have a friend of mine who's like, I guess this is just where life is right now. And just those words encouraged me because I knew what they were saying is, is like, neither one of us can really give, console one another with all these different issues, but we're both going through it, you know? And I have another friend who's even going through it worse than, you know, and you just, and you go and you go, oh, I gotta listen, I gotta hear, you know, and, and, and encourage, you know? So it's it's, it's tough right now, and uh, you're not alone. I, I often feel like the, the government is, is, is like in James. Remember the verse, faith without works is dead. That verse, I used to hate it. Now I, I do, I appreciate it. Because the whole point of faith without works is dead, uh, which is in James uh, 2, um, is that you see someone suffering or you see someone hurting, you see someone hungry, you see someone in need, and then you go, all right, well, eat well, do good, bless you, keep a full tummy, stay dressed, you know, enjoy, you know, uh, you know, enjoy your lovely home, you know, and, <laughs> and they don't have any of that, and you've got it, and you're going, oh, bye-bye. And that's where James says, Faith of that works is dead. James is saying, like, your faith is useless to this. This person's going to starve to death because you're saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know. Um, get a job. Get a better job. Get a better, better job. And you need to get a super-duper uber job. Get five of those, and then you'll, then you know, then you eat well. Bye-bye, brothers. See you later, you know. That's like, that's what we've become. And for me, like the simplest practice of Christianity is that we love one another, we help one another, we help support one another, um, and, and we find ways to do this. And I feel like we need to be a voice crying out to like our government and to like people in the church world saying like, hey, this isn't happening. You know, it's Pharisees everywhere. Now government's Pharisees. Now liberals are Pharisees. You know what I mean? It's like we're canceling each other. We're doing all things. We're just tearing each other apart over these other issues that have become a great distraction Why all of us, like even those two groups fighting, are still wondering, like, as they drive home, like, is this just surviving? Is this just surviving? Is this just surviving? Like, capitalism is destroying people on both sides of the aisle. And um, we, we got to find a better way. And that's where arguing well comes in and not scapegoating each other, you know? And the thing is, if I, I, like I've brought this up to my father before and he's like, oh, you can't say that. You are, what are you, a communist? What are, you know, and, he, and it was like, he, he's so far removed from the conversation. Like, Do you want children to have sex changes? I'm like, like, is that, like, how is that in your brain? You know, it's also like, you know, making sure that people know the truth. It's like, like, no, what, what, what do you mean? Like, because I'm, uh, because I'm on the left, you think that this is what I believe? You know, it, it's this, like yesterday I sent pictures and like, are your kids in a good school? You know, it's just like, what's that mean? What does good mean? 
You know, what does it mean even? You know, is it a private school that discriminates against certain people? Like, I went to private school and made my life a living hell, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it was a Christian school. Christian school was hell, you know? And I thought all my teachers represented God, so I thought God wanted me to have a pocket on my T-shirt and my pants tucked in and no highlights in my hair. You know what I mean? It was like, and if I smoked at McDonald's, forget about it, I was toasted in hell forever. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, education wasn't the most important thing. My, my, my conduct and my good behavior was, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, and those impossible standards. I felt crushed by those impossible standards. I, that's why I told you I recently, like, actually talked to someone from that school because I'm like, I'm 47 and I haven't forgotten it. You know, I thought at one point th this, this idea of like, well, what they're saying to me will ring true and they're adults, so they must know the best, you know? And then you're like, well, I'm 47 and I still feel hurt and I haven't forgotten. You know, I still carry these burdens. I still carry these scars with me, you know? And, um, and it feels, sometimes it feels hopeless, you know? Honestly, like, I just feel like the only thing I can do with my dad is just try to be his friend and like, like when he says stuff like, you do want everybody to have a sex change as a teenager. I just want to be like, or not a, like, or whatever. I'm like, well, no, I, I don't even want teenagers to be able to, you know, if you're 18, you get a tattoo. That's when you make regrettable decisions at 18, you know, like before that, then you've got to, you know, be under your parents' guidance, you know, and I don't, you know, your brain's not even fully formed. Like I, I can't have like that nuanced conversation with him. And some of you hear that and you're thinking like, gee. Oh, you know, you think oh, I'm, I'm sounding conservative. And that's the problem is, look at this. Like, we go to war over these things, and we're all still suffering. Like, we, we don't, we can't allow room for nuances within conversations and things like that. So it's just scapegoating, scapegoating, scapegoating. We become more divided, and we're all suffering, and we're all being crushed by this one big system that is just, like, pretty much laughing at us. I'm like, they're like, oh, social media, they love it. I'm sure they love it. You know, we just, you know, drive people by fear. So I, I like that faith of that works, that part of like, oh, so works means is like I help people, I help others, I help people who have less than I do and help the unfortunate, help, you know, that's a, not a bad idea. Um, but like I said, you know, there's people who are like, boo-hoo. Pull yourself out of your bootstraps. Um, like I try to like. So I talked to our I talked to the revolution, our financial guy at revolution. I said, listen, what do you need? A, you know, they're not a Christian group or anything like this. They're just a really good group that keeps an eye on the finances and make sure we're, you know, paying our taxes, doing, you know, things right and, and, and the money goes into the right places and then our pay our bills on time and I get paid and my taxes get paid and, you know, all that. Um, so I was like, well, so what do we need to do? You know, he's like, well, you know, he's like, you really didn't pull in much last year. Um, and we missed like five months of your paycheck and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, you pulled in about 40 grand last year and you had that part-time job. So that really helped. He's like, so I want, I think, you know, I said, cause I was thinking about like doing a fundraiser. I was like, well, well maybe we do a fundraiser. And we'll get one of those little thermometers, you know, which you, you put up and oh, we got to raise this much, got to raise this much, you know? And back in the day before I was affirming, you know, we had people who donated a lot of money we had, uh, we got grants. We got a grant for $75,000 a year for a couple of times. And, and that was huge. And so I said, well, what should we, you know, what should, what, what do you think the goal should be so we can do more, maybe even have a place to meet? And, you know, and he said, well, I think, you know, and he's like, maybe 40, uh, let's jump up to six, well, seven, it's about $75,000. I was like, $75,000. And I told a couple people about this and their minds were just blown. Like, what? You know, and I'm like, I remember at a time when I towed the line that that was just like part of the budget. Like that wasn't anything, you know? And, and it's like, no, that you can't, you can't do that. You're going to have to do more to, to get it. I'm like, well, I'm fine with doing more. I want to do more. It's the fact that I, I have to get other jobs and do other things. Like it's, you know, but the, the idea was that you can't, you know, you can't do it. 
and uh, so it, it's those, those those situations where you get where you start to hear people like, well, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, and it's like, so even your work becomes like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, um, you don't know how to do it, you know, it gets tough, and you get the two who, um, it, 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 and what I've realized, and why I think we can personalize, like how I see this with revolution, is for me is like. I used to have so much vision. And unfortunately, that vision caused me not to appreciate those times when I was in, we were in a good place. Like, I never felt like we, we were enough. And now I'm like, God, if we were just were like in Atlanta post the, post the affirming time, which I, I would never not be affirming that it was totally worth the price, to be honest with you. But if we were still there, you know, post that time, sorry, someone's taking their garbage uh, back in. And it's really, really loud. Um, it, I would be like, oh, I can't believe it. It would be like living in like, like, oh, we can do all this stuff. <laughs> we can have an employee. We can have a couple employees. And we can give them insurance. And we can have these meetings. And we can do more online. And we can, you know, pay for ads. And we can do all this stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> we can pay rent for a location. We can do, oh, wow, this would be great, you know. Um, You know, but I always had the vision that was this bigger vision of like, well, now we've got to do this. Now that we've arrived at this point and we have a congregation and we meet and probably going to do that. And then we started doing all the online stuff. And thank God we did that because it's how we've been surviving for the past few years. It's like, well, now we got to, you know, so we, we gave money to more, get money. To, so we have given money, then we gave money and they gave it, you know, and you just try to go, like, how do we get bigger? How do we get bigger? And you just didn't appreciate it you know, never appreciated. And for now, what I've realized is like this survival thing within even just the ministry, not my, not less my own personal life, is your vision just starts to die. You know, like, so for me, like, like, oh, what do you want from revolution? You know, or maybe, you know, someone was just like, start meeting in person and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, usually when you start meeting in person, you know, most folks in person aren't really the people who, who support you. It's usually people who's, who are from online and you have to pay rent on a place and then usually you need to pay somebody to like a lot of the bars and stuff you know you pay somebody to come in early and you know there's just a few things you got to do and you got to pay the rent to be there every day and or be there on at least on Sundays um, and, and if you want an office space you have to pay for that as you know obviously and so people are like well, why aren't you doing that and I'm like well just because we can't get the bare minimum we can't even live on the bare minimum you know, and so what your thing is like, like even that, like a vision of what you used to do becomes like stagnant, you know, and in my own life, I'm going like, you know, I called the record store that I worked at 20 years ago and said, do you know anybody in Seattle who owns a record store, you know, that might be willing to hire me, you know, um, and at the same time, I'm helping produce a film and I'm talking to all these really famous people. I mean, I swear to you, it's like you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Like, it's like, it's just weird. It's like, how is this real life? How is this, you know? And we just made this film, another film about my mom. And, you know, and you're going like, how is this real life? Um, and how do you keep yourself from following into the situation of just that survival thing of, of going, um, I'm now I'm motivated by finances. Like, uh, like I, I don't think, like all our senators were like, yeah, I'm gonna invest in, in war stuff and I'm gonna, oh, and, and I'm gonna, you know, all these, the, 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 these politicians who came in was like, hey, we're gonna, you know, healthcare for everyone, you know, and, and maybe they were lying. Or maybe they had really a good heart for it, but then the healthcare companies come in and go like, no, we'll make a lot of donations. We'll give you a lot of money to not talk about that and, and just say like, people need a choice. You know, people really need to have a, be able to make that choice on their own, you know? And you go like, hmm, hmm, you know? It's like, you don't want to be driven by greed. You know, that's so tough. It's really tough to be, uh, not be driven financially, you know, um, 
Remember that the preacher and sneakers thing? You see all these preachers on these really fancy sneakers, and, and, and you know, and you have to like. It was funny, but you're also sitting there judging these guys. Like, are they preaching this stuff because so they can have nice sneakers and nice stuff? Or is it, you know, even looking back at my parents' life, you know, like, uh, did we do this for this, this, you know? But luckily, my dad was just addicted to building bigger things. It wasn't really about him having the money. It was about him making bigger and bigger things, but unfortunately, it's just a, still the same trap of like, his vision was so big that he got caught into this thing of like, oh, I'm just gonna bring more money. And then his message was changed and about, oh, well, God loves those who give. And now he's got the exact opposite message because he lost everything, you know? And it's like, where do we move where finances? We don't want finances to drive the vision in life or in work or in what we're doing or, or in, especially in politics. I mean, that's what does so many of us are motivated by the many needs you know and i and i'll tell you what it's like telling people to argue well seems to be a very irrelevant thing right now to be honest with you people i feel like we've become so like our, our sensory has become so like overblown by social media and things like that, that just like simple things like, hey, how can we have good conversations and sit together and have these tough conversations with each other? <laughs> you know, how can we be nonviolent and try to have these talks to, you know, maybe end poverty and make sure that people aren't homeless and that, you know, people on the streets where I live in Seattle aren't, you know, dying from opioid, this opioid crisis that's happening here, you know, and, and that maybe we can help them get their lives together. Like, how do we do this, you know? How do we stop the opioids also from coming in? You know, so there, I mean, it's not an easy thing. You know, you also got to stop drug dealers, and this, you know, there, there, there's a lot at it. It's a complicated issue, and that's why there needs to be proper conversations about it, and that's why we need to let our voices be heard, not just through like, oh, I vote. I do that two party. I just vote. No, like we should probably be screaming at politicians, and you could scream at pastors. I mean, I know some of you scream at me. Um, I think arguing well could work, folks. But often, sometimes, I feel like my critics won, you know? Um, you know, uh, often I feel like, uh, you know, my, the people who were my supporters who came and told me, like, God is against you and you'll never do another good thing again if you go and you stay and, you, and, you're, and you're honest with your truth. And the Holy Spirit will be against you, blah, blah, and I, and I did. I had a few really come at me pretty hard. And, like, people who were, like, close to me and, like, mentors. <laughs> like, if you go this way, God's going to take his hand off of you. There's not going to be, you know. And these guys still have big churches, you know. And I'm going, like. I'm sitting in my house talking about like, you know, arguing well, and it was, it was tough. It, you know, um, sometimes it feels like critics won, you know, the bad guys win. And I think that's the reality that we have to realize is, is why the crucified Christ, the humiliated Christ that we've talked about before is kind of important because in that scenario, you know, the Romans won, the bad guys won, God, you know, and Jesus comes back, but doesn't really do a whole lot of cool stuff. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I won, I won. He just, and then, poof, oh, yeah, I was Jesus, bye. You know, uh, but that crucifixion of, like, God being abandoned by God, God being humiliated by, the, the, you know, hanging on a cross, this idea of, of this, this representation of the humiliated God, the, the God that abandons himself, is so important, I think is because when we have this idea that victory in Jesus, my sin, you know, it's like, I don't want to sell false hope, you know? And I don't have a lot of hope right now. So I don't even want to really sell hope as much as I want to sell, like maybe just be nice to each other and listen to each other and help each other. But I do believe, you know, becoming a, feeling like you've become irrelevant does like hurt the ego a little bit. And it hurts my ego sometimes. And I just have to learn to live with that. Um, uh, because I also, but I, uh, and I will toot my own horn because I feel like I, I follow my convictions and I, and I read really tough books and I'm encouraging people to do more than just, you know, tithe and, 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 and you know, worry about their genitals. You know, I'm saying, hey, no, there's a bigger picture here than that. You know, um, 
and so, yeah, that's, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I feel like I'm following my convictions. But even when we follow our convictions, it's not like, you know, an angel comes in and goes, you've done it, here's the, here's the, here's your pot of gold, you know. <laughs> it happened for you. It's no, you know, the things go away, you know. You know, people don't want to talk to you and, and, and then they're not like, oh, he's a cool punk rock tattooed guy. Like, I don't know how often I just made it off of having tattoos and being a little edgy. You know, good Lord. That was like my selling point. You know, oh, your name was Jim and Tammy's kid. He's got tattoos. It's crazy, you know. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, actually, I have more to say. And they're like, mm, we don't really want to hear you. We just want to see you because it helps us bring kids into our, 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 our you know, church. And then they become adults. And then they kids come and we do that, you know. We don't really want you to have an opinion that's different from ours, you know. Don't, don't, don't push against the system. Um, it, it really works well for some of us, you know, and, and that's, you know, like why Jerry Fall Jr. is like in a yacht and, 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 you know, Mars Hill has moved to Arizona and is just thriving. Um, and that's okay. But I want to be honest with you. So it's hard to not battle bitterness. It's hard not to feel overwhelmed. It's hard not to feel scared. It's hard to not to feel like you just want to give up and just go do something else. So what I want to say is, is I think you can make it. I think we can make it. I have not, I, I tried to kill myself and I failed. Then I woke up in a hospital and I'm grateful for this life. So that's not a way to go. There's a temptation there, thoughts that, of course, but you have to let those thoughts move by. But life is tough. And sometimes what you have to do is realize that you, maybe you're just, you have to identify with Christ on the cross about, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or maybe the, the moment when Jesus is praying, you know, the night before in the garden, where he's like, you know, take this, take this, take this from me. I can't handle it. This is too much for me to handle, you know. Um, or, or Paul, like, I try to do what I want, you know, but there's something inside me doing, you know, the opposite. You know, what, what, why am I always in this constant war, this constant conflict, you know? Um, I think there's, you know, that's what faith is, evidence of things not seen. So there's doubt built into faith. And I think you have hope and faith, but you also have doubt and faith. And they're both elements of faith. Doubt and hope are both built within that structure. And there's also, we've talked a lot about um, contradiction. I read some about Hegel's contradiction. I'm trying to do some more study on Hegel's contradiction, but it's really hard to pinpoint all the great places it's written about, but I'm, I'm trying to do that and work on that. Um, but then there, you know, there's the contradiction of this kind of hope and doubt or this hope and giving up, you know, like what happens when these two meet? And I think that's the question we have to ask is what happens when, when, when these two opposites, when these contradictions come together of, uh, of hope and doubt? Is faith what happens when the contradiction? Is that something that's greater? Those, those two contradictions come together and you have something called faith. So you say, I have faith that I'm going to make it, but that's filled with hope and doubt. Maybe, maybe that's, that's, that's what we're looking at, is that we're in a life of complete contradiction. You know, victory in Jesus, even though Jesus is dead on a cross, you know, and well, he comes back and he calls some of his guys out and then he tells them to love each other and then tickets appears, you know, I mean, but that's the point. Uh, I saw this meme uh, today uh, that said, so, oh, so Jesus, you came down to earth to, uh, uh, to suffer and die, you know, well, what's the big deal? That's what we're all doing here, you know? And there's truth to that. There's truth that is like, what's the big deal? We're all suffering, we're all doing this. But you know what, that's the saying is that I'm not having victory in Jesus, I'm, I'm sharing within that suffering, you know? And, and uh, trying to live life on life's terms. But uh, I think if we wanna be leaders, we've gotta say like the terms have gotta change because the game is rigged, you know? The game is rigged. And they're using us against each other. Um, and if you think there's a lot, this huge difference between conservatives and, and, and Republicans, and I know you do because I talk to a lot of you. On, I mean, between Republicans and Democrats, you do because 
of things like gay rights issues and things like that. But when it gets down to war and finances and poverty, you realize that neither group really gives a damn and that they're using us to fight against each other with identity politics. Uh, they're using racism, they're using sexism, they're using heterosexism to get us to fight and argue. And I feel like it's the great distraction. And I think people will look back on this time and go like, look what they did. They had us fighting over freaking face masks, you know, um, rather than, than, than seeing the people on, on the, who are poor thinking that it's their faults, you know, or the drug addicts thinking it's their faults, not the billionaires sitting in the freaking, you know, ivory towers. So, um, yeah, there's a sickness. I'm going to leave you with this quote and we'll be done. Sorry I went so long. I've got to get my ice cream cake to my son's birthday party. Um, there are choices. Make the right choices in life. And if we don't learn to debate and talk with each other, then there will be no more future and, we'll, and it will end the world. And I am fed up with it, you know. Every time you open your mouth, there is someone to castrate you, to remove your testicles for having an opinion at all. And that is uh, a quote from John Lydon talking about his new album. Uh, what was the motivation behind his own album? And he's saying that, you know, if we don't learn to debate and talk with each other, there will be no more future. So when you think of no future, no future, well, the reason there's no future is because we're yelling at each other and we don't know how to talk to each other and we don't know how to debate each other. We just know how to cut each other off. And he's saying the same thing that Paul said in Galatians is, you know, I wish they'd castrate themselves because they're castrating me, you know. And uh, let's not castrate each other. You know, let's not symbolically castrate one another. Um, because we have different thoughts and ideas. Let's learn to debate. Let's learn to talk with each other so there is a future, you know? Let's reason. Reason with one another, if you will. Thanks for watching today. If you like what we're doing, you can support Revolution by going to revolutionchurch.com. We have Venmo and we have PayPal. Uh, that really helps, keeps the light on. Our financial guy says we need 75 grand to do more. I'll say we can survive on 40 grand and you can make the decision after that. But um, besides that, we will make it one way or the other and uh, let's learn to uh, have uh, tougher conversations. Thanks so much everybody, have a great week. listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.